Welcome to TP Talks, PwC's Global Transfer Pricing Podcast Series. My name is Dana Hart, and we welcome you to our next episode where we will discuss recent developments around Advanced Pricing Arrangements, or APAs. Let me introduce our speakers for this episode. Joining me today is Junko Yamato, a partner with PwC Japan, Carolyn Fanneroff, a managing director with PwC US, and Jana Lesney, also a managing director with PwC US. Our trio will discuss their recent experience with APAs in Japan and the US generally, as well as touch on bilateral APAs between the US and Japan which continue to enjoy high interest among both taxpayers and revenue authorities. Carolyn, you are our moderator for today, so over to you. Thanks, Dana, and hi, everybody. I'm really looking forward to this podcast with Jana and Junko. Uh, We've got a really interesting program planned for you. So the pandemic has created an environment where we've got taxing jurisdictions that are going to be looking to raise revenues from large multinationals. So in this situation, we have U.S. multinationals, Japanese multinationals, and multinationals from around the world sort of situated in the same way, which is that governments want to tax a piece of their revenue. So the most similar correlate to this period was the post-Lehman shock period following about 2010. So at that time, we saw our clients faced with adjustments from all over the world from South Africa, in Asia, Indonesia, um, Thailand, all over the place. So we, all three of us were around at that time uh, working on APAs. And I'd like to ask Jana and Junko, what are your thoughts? What, What lessons do we have from that period that can help our clients today? So Jana, I'm gonna start with you. Thanks, Carolyn. Uh, Yeah, what we saw during that period, and it's relevant for now, is maybe even highly relevant for now, given what we expect to see in terms of an uptick in, uh, you know, global transfer pricing audits, is that, you know, you you look for the port in the storm, and uh, in many ways, APAs are the best and sometimes the only real port in the storm to try to navigate through uncertainty and through uh, difficult audits. You can use them proactively before an onset of an audit to try to achieve um, a reasonable transfer pricing outcome in the event that there is an audit. You can use an APA to try to, um, for future years, try to level set the the outcome. So we, we saw APAs be very effective tools to try to, you know, get out from under what could have otherwise been really, you know, very difficult and repetitive audit scenarios in a lot of different jurisdictions. And we know that, you know, you can't get APAs with every country. The the U.S. doesn't have treaties with every country. And also it's uh, very time consuming and uh, burdensome to try to seek it for multiple jurisdictions in many cases. But the other thing is with APAs is that they have some knock-on influence effect uh, for other taxing authorities. So in this case, for example, an APA between the U.S. and Japan, two very experienced, very strong taxing authorities, while not dispositive for an audit in another jurisdiction, 
still may have some influence on an audit, uh, particularly for a country in, the, in Pan-Asia, for example, or in North America, because governments can look at that and realize that a lot of the analysis and work has already been done um, in many ways, and it, they can leverage from that. Super. So that's great, and that, that's a perfect segue over to you, Junko. Maybe can you talk about this question from the Japanese perspective? How do APAs work best, you know, given this pandemic environment? Yes, thank you, Carolyn. Um, U.S. and Japan APAs, from our point of view, it is a very reliable and stable procedure. Among many APAs and map relationships, and it is built on a long history and historically very difficult cases um, and many precedences. But it is now uh, stable and reliable and being utilized to resolve complex issues like, uh, as you are referring to, because of COVID. It sometimes takes time and efforts, of course, but at the end of the day, when we say reliable, uh, we generally see issues are being resolved through the uh, procedure. One um, beneficial aspect is that the APA traffic uh, transaction are very heavy and uh, the traffic goes both ways. The issues covered could be based on the assessments on U.S. multinationals, as well as for the Japanese multinationals. So when it comes to the negotiation between the two tax authorities, it is helpful to have the traffic both ways because we could see a balanced resolution based on arm's length standard during the negotiation because one issue could be favorable to one tax authority, whereas the same issue could be beneficial for the other taxing authority on another uh, case. So I do think that the relationship between U.S. and Japan uh, is helpful in coming to a balanced resolution uh, because of that uh, environment. Uh, referring to post-Lehman uh, experience, I do think that one thing I do recall was it was refreshing to see the prospective aspect uh, or forward-looking aspect of the APA facilitating more of a transformational issue than a historical issue. So thinking in COVID situation today, yes, we may be tackling with the issues in 2020. But we also are facing the issues where uh, the businesses are uh, dealing with the pandemic in a way by changing the way the operation works. And sometimes that trigger a tweak to TP policies or uh, business models that the policies are based on. And because of the multi-years included in the APA negotiations, it helps us uh, see issue being resolved in a more forward-looking way and future transfer pricing policies being truly covered in real time. Thanks, Junko. So what I hear you saying is you're talking about maybe sort of 
COVID's forcing some of our clients to restructure their operations. And the APA program is a way to address that to give coverage going forward of this new structure. So let me go to you, Jana. What what are your thoughts on that? I think that's a really interesting point. Absolutely. If um, a company's considering changing its uh, supply lines or restructuring and wants to manage the uncertainty around that, as often is the case, particularly between the U.S. and Japan, an APA continues to be the, the best way of trying to get certainty proactively and prospectively around all of that. But, but even for companies that, you know, aren't really necessarily thinking about restructuring, they're just dealing with the impact of COVID on their operations, on their bottom line. And what we're finding is that, you know, look, this is a huge topic amongst the governments, the treaty partners themselves. You know, they were talking to each other about all of this for about a year now, and to some degree kind of waiting for 2020 to be over so that uh, companies would have data really on the, the shape of the impact for them for 2020, but we, we know that ATMA, as a matter of course, asks taxpayers in the APA program or are thinking about going into the APA program to talk to them about COVID, the impact of COVID. They have certain questions that they have in mind and they listen. So it, it's a chance for um, companies to kind of shape their own narrative in terms of the impact and to also try to work with, with ATMA and also in this case with the NTA to come up with creative ways to deal with the immediate impact, future impact, and also for additional contingencies down the road, maybe through critical assumptions. I mean, APAs can have flexibility built into them as well, um, but you have to plan for that really from the outset. So APAs are an excellent vehicle, as um, Junko was, was saying, to deal with, you know, a multitude of aspects of the impact of COVID, you know, for companies that, again, are trying to continue to do things the same, but need uh, maybe a different transfer pricing policy or have their historic policy applied uh, maybe in a different way uh, while they, they really sort of dig themselves out of uh, some of the impact of 2020. But yeah, if they're restructuring it, it's really the uh, way to get the government's approval up front prospectively, uh, you know, with respect to any restructuring. Super, Jana, thanks. I want to um, switch gears a little bit and, and Junko, maybe ask you to talk about sort of the, the triangle transactions. I, I think that one of the things for our clients to think about is, you know, maybe they're going to decide to get uh, an APA between two jurisdictions, between the U.S. and Japan or the U.S. and the U.K., but yet they've got transactions with many different countries. Junko, what, what are your thoughts about using an APA, a bilateral between the U.S. and Japan, sort of as a halo or, or, or to give cover to other transactions? Can you give us your thoughts on that? Sure. The negotiation uh, with the U.S. taxing authority uh, by Japanese tax authority is one of the biggest trading counterparty and uh, uh, most powerful and uh, very uh, difficult uh, negotiations. So having gone through that type of negotiation would give uh, taxpayer uh, quite a bit of uh, credibility. Uh, in terms of uh, their profile as well as their transfer pricing position. So it is helpful 
the impact in terms of the conversation with other countries uh, may not be direct, but I think it is an, uh, certainly an indirect uh, impact uh, or a halo effect, as you said, uh, in that conversation with other uh, countries. Certainly, there will be local specific issues that we continue to deal with uh, in terms of local comparables or location savings or uh, other issues that we may face. But even there, I think that uh, we see that, uh, for example, the transfer pricing methodology, the core uh, uh, foundation of the position, uh, if that is being uh, negotiated in the past with the U.S. government, then it would be, for example, difficult to tackle that foundation but rather the issue could be more about application for that particular country. Great, thank you, Junko. Jana, what are your thoughts on the utility sort of getting a little extra bang for your buck with an APA? Well, first of all, I think that in today's world with uh, C-by-C reporting, with outtakes of exchange of information, uh, just with uh, requests on audit about information about what kind of rulings, including APAs you have, to some degree, these things tend to get out anyway, but, but that's not a bad thing because, again, when you have two governments like the IRS and the NTA that are very experienced dance partners with each other, right? I mean, they've been doing it in the APA arena for about 30 years now. You're really the first, you know, bilateral APA was U.S.-Japan. And as Junko said earlier, you know, it's a level playing field, which isn't always the case. A lot of times, particularly for U.S. multinationals, the operations are, you know, inbound to a country and there's very little reciprocity. Here, there's a great deal of reciprocity. So, the, the issues get dealt with in a way reflective of that. And as a result, the, the APA outcomes, I think that they tend to be more reflective of really also, you know, what the governments, in this case, uh, the IRS and the NTA, really think is the right answer rather than necessarily trying to put something to a, another country to protect its tax base. So, I, I do think that when you have an APA with to authorities such as the IRS and the NTA, you, you can deploy it somewhat influentially. Again, I think it's most um, influential in the region, right? Um, particularly because of market similarities, perhaps. And, and also, of course, if the transactions are reasonably the same and whatnot, I mean, a lot of factors go into it. But I've seen tax authorities actually look at APAs that have been negotiated and resolved where one of the taxpayers at least is in their region, and they take it very seriously. And I, I, I think they're even sometimes appreciative because uh, it helps with their own analysis, particularly on an audit, because they, they know a lot of time and resources and, and critical thinking have already been utilized to come up with the outcome for that particular APA, and while it's not dispositive of where they go in their own thought process, or particularly in an audit, it certainly can have influence on and bearing on that direction. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. So I want to switch gears a little bit, and um, John Hughes, who's the director of the U.S. Advanced Pricing and Mutual Agreement Program at the IRS, was on the record recently reminding companies that at the end of the day, 
at the negotiating table, two governments need to come together to find a solution. So he was talking specifically about COVID strategies and sometimes a COVID strategy that a company would deploy perhaps would tilt to one country in favor of another country. But I think he's telling taxpayers at the end of the day, the governments have to agree. So, you know, with that in mind, what are a few thoughts that you can give our audience uh, about this subject? So, Junko, let's start with you. Right. I do appreciate uh, more insights coming from the IRS uh, as a practitioner. Um, the issues we are facing are very difficult and also without precedent. So uh, I do uh, think that um, we do have to think really hard um, in terms of what are the specifics and what are the facts relating to certain transfer pricing position or what are the alternatives uh, that would be potentially a balanced uh, resolution at the end of the day. I think we do um, have to work hard, but at the same time, um, it will be very helpful to have a robust dialogue uh, with the tax authority uh, with NTA and IRS to understand what uh, their view of the balanced uh, resolution because of that unique nature of the current environment um, and uh, cases are different for each taxpayer. So in order to come to certain scenarios or a certain position, I think that even more than ever, the dialogues with the uh, IRS and NTA, even during the CA, uh, would be helpful uh, for us as well in terms of suggesting alternative uh, scenarios. Um, and I think uh, looking at the case in a sort of more holistic way, um, including the future years um, as well as historical years, uh, may provide us more sort of a negotiating points under the APA framework. So certainly it is much better to have that kind of dialogue and including more years uh, under negotiation would be helpful in resolving unique cases relating to uh, current COVID situation. Great. Thank you, Junko. So I heard about dialogue with the government, um, adding more years. Um, Jana, what are your thoughts on this? Thanks. I think what Junko said is 100% correct in terms of needing to engage early and, and regularly to be an advocate with the governments, to be communicative, to be transparent, because they are looking at the end of the day for, as Junko said, a balanced resolution. Uh, we do have, you know, various analyses in, in our toolkit that um, we can bring forward to try to level set for discussions around the impact of COVID and, uh, you know, in various ways, depending on the particular facts and circumstances of each of our taxpayers. There's no one size fits all, but we do have various, you know, analyses. And I, I think some of this also is going to lend itself to, in some ways, to a need to be um, creative. We're going to have to be prepared to come up with corroborating analyses to, um, you know, to help get through some of the more binary uh, type issues as well. One of the things we know the governments are struggling with is, uh, you know, expenses, subsidies, they're either above the line or below the line. And, 
you know, it's, it's tough to, you know, compromise on that or sometimes reach an agreement. So we have to help the government support them in their analyses to, I think, mitigate in many ways the, the impact of that, whether it's through, like I said, corroborating analyses or through, you know, thorough understanding of local country gap and what's going on with the comps. But we've got to be ready to, um, you know, help to bridge the gap, particularly with issues where, you know, you can look at it as, as very much a kind of a black and white outcome. And, you know, you, we need to be able to break through that as an obstacle to a, a resolution because at the end of the day, the, the governments really are looking for something to support really an arm's length result. And there may be, uh, you know, multiple ways of getting there, but we have to help them to achieve that. Thank you. That's really useful. So thank you both. As we bring this to a close, I'm wondering, can you each give me your top takeaways uh, in just a minute or two, Jana and then Junko? Thanks, Carolyn. One thing that I, you know, I don't know we emphasized quite enough here yet is that the relationship between the U.S. and Japan really is a very strong one, particularly in the APA arena. The two governments meet, whether it's virtually or in person, really every few months at this point and talk in between. So from the perspective of, uh, you know, is it, if you're thinking about an APA, is this going to work? Will the government's reach an agreement? I feel very comfortable that when it's U.S. and Japan, of course, there's work to be done. But ultimately, you know, again, to quote Junko, there will be a resolution. It will be that balanced resolution and companies, our clients will achieve the certainty they crave. I also think that it's important for all of us when, whenever we are speaking with our clients to be, you know, asking them about, you know, where they're audited, you know, in the world, you know, U.S., Japan, other jurisdictions, because where they are being audited or worried about being audited, one of the most powerful tools, you know, as we've talked about, continues to be, you know, the APA. And it can also be very, very cost effective. And once you get the first APA, you're out of annual documentation, uh, you get efficiencies with renewals. I, I'd like to also say that, you know, as a takeaway, it, you know, it, it can become a very comfortable and necessary conversation um, with our clients when they have concerns about you know, audits in, uh, in, in various jurisdictions. Super. Thank you. Junko? Yes, uh, U.S.-Japan uh, relationship in APA and MAP is still is the top priority for the Japanese government, we understand. So um, I, I think that this good, balanced and productive relationship is here to stay to help us resolve uh, difficult issues. Another point is that uh, recent reorganization at the local tax authority here focusing on certain uh, services uh, transactions as well as intercompany interest transactions being now delegated to tax office examiners rather than the specialists and the refocus of TP documentation uh, all sort of pointing us to more uh, disputes uh, locally. So APA would be a good way and helpful way to protect tax teams um, and managing the tax liabilities uh, under such environment in a more amicable way and uh, without risk of penalties. And lastly, I think uh, I echo Jana's point that it is a very uh, reliable and 
prospective process where two governments have uh, so much experience in uh, dealing each other uh, in resolving uh, complex issues. So the system itself is becoming more and more uh, important and becoming a critical uh, piece in terms of the uh, transfer pricing tax risk uh, management uh, of uh, many of our clients. Great. Jana Lesney, Junko Yamato, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And uh, Dana, we'll hand it back to you. Thank you, Carolyn, Junko, and Jana for joining me today to discuss APAs. I also want to thank our listeners. We will continue to release these podcasts regularly. If you have any questions, we encourage you to reach out to your regular PwC transfer pricing contact for immediate response. Thank you for listening and have a great day. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com slash structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.